Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Something About Sports right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. And I am Roger Sierra. And today, ladies and gentlemen, it is part two of the greatest NFL players of all time. Now, this is from clutchpoints.com. Uh, they did their ranking of the 50 greatest NFL players of all time. And if you listen to the uh, two weeks ago's episode, we gave you 50 through 35 and now we're going to hit you with 34 to 16 today so we're going to kick it off um straightforward roger you got the uh, first one of the night yeah um so number 34 on the list is uh mr discount double check himself aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. uh obviously playing from uh, the green bay packers from 2005 to question mark now um we'll see how the season goes <laughs> <laughs> right uh Obviously, he has won a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP, a three-time MVP, a three-time first-team All-Pro, uh, a one-time second-team All-Pro, and a nine-time Pro Bowler. Uh, one of those MVPs he didn't deserve should have gone to uh, King Henry. Uh, but I agree, know. 100%. Uh, but no, despite the bitterness surrounding him and the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers is arguably the most talented quarterback to ever play the game by arm talent alone. That's... That's that's subjective. Uh, yeah, very, take. very much. Yeah, uh, he holds the all-time season passer rating uh, record with one twenty-two point five, and holds the NFL's all-time lowest career intercept- interception percentage at one point four. Uh, he's ridden both efficiency and talent to all-time st- uh, all-time statistical highs and an all-MVP level performance in twenty twenty. Uh, is nothing to sneeze at. Um, I mean, he'll do all right, but I mean, there's this young man in Kansas City called Pat Mahomes that outdoing him, right? right. And of course, AA Ron's been in the game for like what we said since 2005, and you know, I mean, he is no slouch. You know, he is. You know, I mean, he holds several, several NFL records. Um, you know, like you just mentioned, the 122.5 passer rating. Um, the you know lowest percentage or whatever. Uh, he went 402 consecutive passes without throwing an interception. Uh, he's the fastest quarterback to reach uh, 400 career passing touchdowns. He only and he did that in 193 games. Uh, most seasons with at least 35 touchdowns with five, and he's tied for most of all time. Uh, most seasons with 40 plus touch to, total touchdowns with five. Most seasons with 40 plus touchdown passes. Um, Oh, okay, total touchdowns. Okay, never mind. I read that wrong. I apologize. Uh, Most seasons with 40-plus touchdown passes, most seasons with 45-plus touchdown passes, and most seasons with 120-plus passer rating. Um, And and if you look at his normal NFL statistics, uh, as of 2020, his touchdown-to-interception ratio was 412 to 89. Like, that's that's incredible, you know. Um, And then passing yards, five. You know, 51,245 uh, overall completion percentage for his career is 65.1. So nothing to sneeze at there. Uh, Chip, what do you say? Um, uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> him being arguably the most talented quarterback to ever play the game, uh, just on arm talent alone, that's subjective. Um, I mean, because there's there's a guy who has 
Seven Rings uh, that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, who who would beg to differ? Um, there, there's a guy who just retired by the name of Drew Brees that would beg to differ. Um, there's a big head boy who has a couple of rings. Uh, <clears throat> oh, him and his brother that would beg to differ. Yeah, and that's not taking anything away from, from Aaron Rodgers, but... I mean, I, look, we also got Pat Mahomes right now. Right. Well, yeah, but that's, and, and yeah, yeah, got, but that's right those, now, though. Yeah, but that boy's already got 114 touchdowns. Right. You got Pat Mahomes. You got Deshaun Watson. Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Russell Allen. Wilson. Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about a few of those later on in this list. But like, I also feel like maybe Aaron Rodgers is a little low on the list. I say all that to say that he might be a little low on this list. He is a little low. Um, I I definitely would have put him. If they're going to say he's the best quarterback, the most talented quarterback to ever play the game by arm talent alone, yet they rank him in the – they make him at 34. Like, how do the other guys outdo him? I mean – Right. It's a three-time MVP, nine-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl – champion and a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, so, kind of confusing where this is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, this one's a little iffy for me to say that he's at number 34. And I know we're not re-ranking anybody just yet. Um, but I, I do think that on this list so far, he's he's a little low. Right. Also, how how many games did you say it took him to get four hundred touchdowns? Uh, oh shit! I I went back. Hang on a second. Let me go back and look real quick. <laughs> um, it said that it he was the fastest NFL quarterback to reach four hundred career passing touchdowns in a hundred and ninety three games. Hundred and ninety three. All right, so. Pat Mahomes needs 147 more games, and he's already at 114. So, by that logic, Pat Mahomes should um, surpass that record. Yes. Provided that, provided that uh, Kelsey and Tyreek and a lot of those other key pieces that he needs stays. Um, oh, I don't see them going anywhere. Right. Team, as long as Andy Reid is there, they're bound to be playoff slash Super Bowl contenders because um, that offensive scheme just works with that talent and their defense is getting better and better. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, I mean, I I do believe that uh, that that trio is going to be staying there for, for life. I think there will be lifers there. Oh, of yeah. course. Absolutely. All right, so we move on from Aaron Rodgers. Chip, you got the next one? Uh, I do. It should actually be you, but I'll take it. Oh, I, I, I thought we were going. Oh, we are, we are going counterclockwise. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, if, you, if you want me to take this next one, I'll take it. Go, Go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Say what now? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. All right, so number 33 on the list is Dick Lane. That's right. 
That's right. Uh, he was a <laughs> cornerback who played from 1952 to 1965 and played with the L.A. Rams, the Chicago Cardinals, and the Detroit Lions. Uh, he was a Hall of Famer who was elected in 1974 as a seven-time first-team All-Pro and a seven-time Pro Bowler. Mostly iconic for his awesome nickname, Dick <laughs> Night Train Lane, was a defensive back infamous for his ball skills, nabbing a, a steel standing record of 14 interceptions in his rookie year. He would nab 68 picks during his career and mark a mark good enough for fourth on the all-time list and was even highlighted for, by his explosiveness and his tackling. Uh... Um, no, none of us were alive during Mr. Night Train Lane. Although you do, you do hear that name a lot. Uh, um, we, you know, but let me click on this thing real quick. Yes, Night Train Lane. Yeah, that's how he goes by Night Train Lane. Um, and uh, he, you know, according to, yeah, he he says in, he has a total of sixty eight interceptions. Uh. 1,207 interception return yards and six touchdowns off of returns, and he only played in 157 games. And he is in both the Arizona Cardinals Ring of Honor and the Detroit Lions Ring of Honor and made it to the 50th, 75th, and 100th um, uh, anniversary all-teams. He's a two-time interceptions leader, seven-time pro bowler, like we said, seven-time all-defensive player. Uh, How are you guys feeling about this one? Uh, I mean that's an impressive record for your rookie year. Yeah, that's it's definitely I mean, impressive. Some guys, some guys only get fourteen interceptions a career. Right, right. And 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 uh, he um, it, unfortunately he is no longer with us. He passed away back in two thousand two. Um, although interesting, it says that in nineteen ninety four, Lane okay, Lane moved back to Detroit, uh, moved from Detroit back to his hometown of Austin, Texas. Uh, due to uh, a mobility with diabetes and knee injuries. Um, it says he died there from a heart attack in 2002 at 74 years old after uh, playing dominoes and listening to jazz music in his room. His family believed that he also suffered from CTE brought up, brought upon by football-related injuries. Um, so, I don't know. I guess they had his brain studied after, the, after his passing or something. I don't know. Um, no, but I can see that. I mean... They played a tough game back then. They had right. just, just those little leather helmets and and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I mean it was it was a much tougher game back then than right. it is now. Of course. Um, here's a little tidbit for the people asking: Why is it called Night Train Lane? So here's the reason why. Um, it says that Lane acquired the nickname Night Train during his first training camp with the Rams. Teammate Tom Fears had a record player in his room and frequently played the record Night Train by Jimmy Forrest. The record was released in March of 1952 and was the first and it was, was the number one R&B hit for seven weeks. According to an account published by the Los Angeles Times in August of 1952, Whenever Fears played plays it, Lane can be found in the hallways outside Tom's room dancing to the music. Lane was initially uncomfortable with the racial implication of the nickname, which had been bestowed upon him by his white teammates, but he embraced it after a newspaper reported on his performance against uh, Washington football team star 
uh, Choo Choo Justice with the headline, Night Train Derails Choo Choo. I like it. I like it too. Roger? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he took something that was almost a negative connotation and he basically embraced it and made it his own. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I like it. And I've actually never heard the song Night Train, so I haven't had to go back and give that a listen. But anyway, but no, but as far as his playing goes, I mean, they they talked about, you know, he was a ferocious tackler. It says that Lane was known to be a ferocious tackler, and his style of play led to charge, led to changes in rules in the game. In 1961, he tackled John Arnett by the face mask as he ran at full speed down the field. Arnett laid motionless on the field after the tackle, and the play left a lasting impression the following year the NFL developed a rule prohibiting the grabbing of, of an opponent's face mask so because of Night Train Lane the face mask penalty was incorporated into the game of football um, it I also mean, says it, it should have been though uh, I mean I, I've seen people get yanked around by their face mask and I mean you could break break somebody's neck Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it says it says it also says that Lane's practice of tackling opponents with the head and neck, which was then a legal technique, uh, was sometimes called the night train necktie. It later became known as the clothesline tackle and prohibited thereafter. He later explained the rationale for his practice of the necktie tackling, explaining my objective is to stop the guy before he gains another inch. If I hit them in the legs, they may fall forward and get a first down. I grab them around the necks to make sure they go back to the bench and sit down. Damn. I mean, it makes yeah. sense, but it does it's, also, make, yeah. it's also very dangerous. It is very dangerous. And then, like but, but but also later on, it, later on in later NFL, when, uh, I remember very specifically, and I don't know if they dubbed it the Rodney Harrison rule, um, but Rodney Harrison tackled uh, Terrell Owens by the uh, by the shoulder pads. He got in the they call it a horse collar tackle now, uh, grabbing grabbing him by the upper part of his uh, um, shoulder pads and then putting all your weight down and bringing somebody down and that actually caused To to uh, I don't know if he tore his knee something like that. To got hurt on the play. I just know that. And then they banned that form of tackling afterwards. So. Um, I mean, I get it. It's a way to, you know, keep the player safe and things of that nature. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, guys were a whole lot more ruthless with each other back then than they were today. My thing is, why are you trying to close somebody, close line somebody on a football field while they're running at you? Right. I mean, you got a, you got a chance of, you know, fucking up your rotator cup, maybe popping an elbow out of place. Yeah. Like, I if mean, they do this, you wrong one time. It's over. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but... No. <laughs> and remember, right then, they didn't get paid good enough either. Uh-oh. No, they didn't. They don't get paid a fraction of what they make nowadays. No. Oh, excuse me. Not at all. All right. So That being said, uh-oh. though... All right, go ahead, Chip. I, I was going to say, next up on the list, we're going to talk about uh, defensive tackle Bob Lilly. He played from 1961 to 1974, only... For the Dallas Cowboys, he's a 11-time Pro Bowler, a two-time Second Team All-Pro, 
a seven-time first-team All-Pro, a one-time Super Bowl champion, and was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1980. Um, Now, you'll notice that defensive players with lengthy careers are super noticeable on this list. And Bob Lilly has the long career and one-team wonder status to boot. Before Jimmy Johnson made the Cowboys what they are today, Lilly established them as an initial power. In his time, Lilly was the linchpin of a defense with an iconic nickname known as the Doomsday Defense. Regularly double and triple teamed due to his athleticism, Lilly was a constant threat and was famous for rarely ever missing a game. He played 196 consecutive games. Wow. Um, a lot of games. That is yeah. a lot of games. Uh, now, he is also he was also on the 1960s All-Decade Team, the 1970s All-Decade Team, the NFL 75th Anniversary All-Time Team, the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team. He is part of the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor. Um, and now, to his credit, he only has one interception. But for a defensive tackle, that's good. That's good. Good enough. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was also, people don't think, because you also got to remember back in 1961, the NFL had a draft, but the AFL also had a draft as well. He was the 13th overall pick in the NFL draft in 1961 out of TCU, but in the AFL draft, he was a second round pick at pick number 14 in the second round. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I was literally only one pick difference. Well, one round difference. One round difference, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even so, I mean, I want if I'm, I would want the team that would want me, which I guess because I mean, the Cowboys was NFL before, and I don't think they ever, I don't think they were ever AFL. They weren't. I think they, you know, yeah. So they were, they were NFL. So it made yeah. sense. And plus, being from T, being from you know, going to Texas Christian University on athletic scholarship, and you know, being. You know, you know. I think he. I said, yeah. He was born in uh, old Olay, Tech, old Olney, Texas. I think that's how it's pronounced. O L N E. There you go. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. I mean, he was the hometown. You know, he was the hometown boy. You know, playing, and he's affectionately known as Mister Cowboy. You know, um, yeah. Playing obviously with Tom Landry, and you know, I bet he wore a cowboy hat. I bet he did too. And the man is 62 years old. I'm sorry, 82 years old and still kicking. He is still doing his thing. So, but anyway, it says that it says as of 2016, he, he's the grandfather of 12, the great grandfather of three. And he has been living with his wife, Anne, whom they got married in 1974. Yeah, do you think he was a grandfather of 12? He's a grandfather. It says the grandfather of twelve and great grandfather of three. Yeah, yeah. That means these kids was doing work, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so uh, he was obviously drafted and played in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys, and and you did uh, mention that he was also drafted to the AFL. Uh, where he was drafted by the Dallas Texans. Ah. Uh, who he was Dallas no matter what. Exactly. Right. Um, the Dallas Texans later became the Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Yeah. 
and then they actually have the doomsday defense lineup um on if you click on that if you click on the the little icon that's in the his uh wikipedia profile it takes you straight to the defensive line um where he was on and he was on he was on a, a defense with um you know some people may not know these names but i'm just going to pick out the ones who are in the ring of ring of honor uh chuck howley uh leroy uh jordan uh mel renfro um cliff harris hall of famers and also in the ring of honor herb a uh, adderley um and then they kind of had a it was a, it was like a it was uh uh randy the man uh, the manster white who's also in, a hall of famer and also in the ring of honor um so yeah i mean he played with some good players back then um but yeah so yeah bob lilly definitely deserving to be on the list absolutely um right. that being said let's jump to the next one you got it raj uh yes uh the next one on the list 31 on the list um sammy bow i believe uh, uh I think it's, it's pronounced yeah it's pronounced ball? ba yeah, it's pronounced okay. Ba. That's a weird name. Yeah, I know, right? Um, uh, oh, uh, Sammy Ba was a quarterback from 1937 to 1952. Played for the Washington Redskins. Uh, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1963, which we I think we determined was the first year, correct? Uh, was it, I thought it was 60. Was it 60? Actually, yeah, you're right, you're right. It was 1960. Uh, He's a two-time NFL champion, uh, two-time NFL Player of the Year, four-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, and a six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he was arguably the first great Washington player. Uh, Ball's place on this list is lower than expected due to how far back his career goes. Uh, his championships came before the Super Bowl era, relegated him to prehistory of modern football. Uh, however, his talents and numbers cannot be denied. Be, cannot be denied. Uh, Ma led the NFL in completion percentage eight times, with four passing yards, four passing yards titles, and three titles and passing rating to boot. He also played heavy minutes as a punter and defense back, probably due to the relative size of the league back then. So that man was doing triple duty. Oh yeah, yeah he was doing everything. Right. So it was pretty much a situation of like, okay, the quarterback goes in there, you know, if he, if you know. Oh, it's fourth down. Oh, hell, I might as well stay in here and punt the damn football. <laughs> you know? Um, That'd be scary because, like, is he going to kick or is he actually going to pass? Or right. is he going to run? Which I don't really think quarterbacks did a whole lot of running back in the day. Um, uh, they, did, they, did, they ran a lot because they were afraid of getting hit. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's true. That is uh, true. Now, he was the sixth overall pick in round number one of the 1937 draft. Um his touchdown to interception ratio wasn't great. 187 touchdowns, 203 interceptions for a total of 21,886 passing yards. His overall passer rating was a 72.2. Uh, he had 338 punts for an average of 45.1 yards per punt. And he had 31 interceptions. Bruh. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I mean for you to have, I mean, granted the touchdown interception ratios, you, you lean a little bit more toward the interceptions and the touchdowns, but I mean, 
20, you know, 21,000 passing yards ain't nothing sneeze out. Plus, you're playing defense. And imagine if he did just quarterback and he didn't play any defense at all and he was just a quarterback. You think it would have elongated his career? Maybe he could have focused more on the quarterback position and probably would have had better statistics, you think? I mean, the issue was if that was the case, they may not have a team because they didn't have enough people to play. That is yeah. true. I mean, That's he played true. for almost 20 years. I mean, you yeah. think he played from 1937 to 1952. <laughs> so. That is a long time, absolutely. While playing while playing, uh, quarterback, punter, and free safety. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you got a he's quarterback on one side, which means he's reading the defense. Then he goes to the defensive back and reads the offense the whole time. Yeah. yeah. But didn't we talk about somebody else on the list who also pulled double duty back then? Uh, was um, Jim Thorpe? Yeah. yeah, Jim Thorpe. Yeah, Jim Thorpe was was play always pulled. No, Jim Thorpe dude. played three sports. That's what it was. Yeah, that Jim was, Thorpe played three sports. What was it? Um, uh, was it, it was uh, he played football, basketball, and baseball. He would yeah. also set a record, an Olympic record in the decathlon, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to figure out who played both sides of the ball. Oh, it was a uh, Chuck. Um, uh, uh. uh Benarik, Benarik, yeah, Chuck Benarik. He played, yeah. he played center and linebacker. Yeah. So, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I knew, he I knew we, Chuck, I knew there was a, I knew there was a t- concrete Charlie. There you go. There that's go. who it was. But yeah. All right. So we're gonna go on from Sammy Baugh to one of my favorite players that's ever played in the game, Ed Reed from the U. Um, position safety was active from the year 2002 to 2013. <coughs> played with the Baltimore Ravens, the New York Jets, and the Houston Texans. Voted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 2019. He is a one-time Super Bowl champion, a one-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowl. Maybe his placement here is the result of recency bias, but Drew Brees is – why the fu- – hold on a second. What? They oh, lit- just copied and pasted. They copied and pasted, and they didn't even – you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. I don't even – I don't even need. Silly, I don't yeah. even need them to give me a blurb. I can go. I can go. I can go here my damn self. Um, but okay, so yeah, he played for Baltimore. He played for Houston, and he played for the Jets. Um, Super Bowl champion, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, a three-time NFL interceptions leader, NFL 2000 All-Decade uh, Team, uh, NFL's 100th Anniversary All-Pro Team in the Baltimore uh, Ravens Ring of Honor. Also, prior to going to the NFL, he was a BCS national champion in 2001 with the Miami Hurricanes, co-Big East Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he, in, he holds three specific records in the NFL. Um, he has one, 1,590 interception return yards for his career. He still holds the record for the longest interception return at 107 yards and nine postseason interceptions, which is tied for most all-time. Uh, career statistics, he played in 174 games with 643 tackles, six sacks, 139 pass defenses, 64 interceptions, and like I mentioned before, 1,590 interception yards, 11 forced fumbles, and 13 fumble recoveries. So, um, I mean, dude was a beast. You, you yeah. can't oh, say yeah. that. And he uh, drilled people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and one thing that you forgot to mention, he's currently – an administrator at the U. He's the chief of staff. Yep, yep. I was gonna, I was gonna hold off on that because, I but wish as he a cut uh, his he, hair, <laughs> that man's nappy as can be. He looks so unclean sometimes. 
<laughs> Sometimes it does. Um, but he also, I, I just realized this too, he also holds a couple of other interceptions. He is tied for most career blocked punts returned for touchdowns with three. He is the first person in NFL history to return an interception, punt, block a punt, and fumble for a touchdown in a, in a season. And he's the he's the most multi he has the most multi interception games with twelve, and he holds a Baltimore franchise records for most career interceptions, most career most career uh, interceptions, return yards, most career interceptions, return touchdowns with seven, most pass defended at one seventy at one thirty seven, and most interception return yards in a single game, which was one hundred and fifty. Um. Now he did coach a little bit afterwards. He ended up becoming an assistant defensive back coach for the Buffalo Bills, um, and he was served. I think he was. It says after serving the 2016 year, he was uh, not retained by new head coach Sean McDermott. Which you know Sean McDermott's doing a pretty good job up in Buffalo anyway. Um, and then he, like what Chip just said, he uh, he is now the chief of staff at the University of Miami and in, a, in, in an advisory role to head coach Manny Diaz. Um, so I yeah, what exactly that means, yeah, because if he's a like, advisor, like, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what that would entail, to be completely honest with you, but, um, but yeah, I mean, but even in, I mean, even, I mean, and also it says that he was the uh, the 24th overall pick in the 2002 draft, um, out of yeah, like I said, out of Miami, um. I figure I don't understand why uh, you know Clutch Points didn't actually put an actual blurb next to this man's name. Instead, you ended up um, <laughs> redoing the thing. Yeah, they copied the Yeah, they they definitely copy and pasted. Um, that being said, though, um, you know, again, how do you got? Uh, obviously, I mean, how do you feel about him being uh, number thirty on the list? Um, maybe it is recency bias, uh, but he was such a great safety of our era. Um, yeah. He was able to hit hard when they have softened football up a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, one of the best defensive minds in general. Um, great play caller. Obviously watch film relentlessly. Um, but I feel like he should be a little bit higher. Um, I bet you guys do too. <laughs> I, I can, I can definitely agree that I think he should be higher. I mean, right. if you just look at the people that were drafted above him, it's it's a list of nobodies, basically. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I hate to say that, but uh, in that draft, you had David Carr, Julius Peppers, Joey Harrington. Julius Peppers isn't a nobody. I mean... He had not. a really good career until he started getting hurt. Okay. But, but, he, is, but he is a Hall of Famer, so... Who? Julius, Julius Peppers. Peppers. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Oh, it says here that he's a Hall of Famer on the Wikipedia. Th- oh, never mind. Pro Bowler. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. My bad. My he's bad. He's been up for a few times. I look. I, yeah. I looked at the. I looked at the wrong legend. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, Joey Harrington, Mike Williams, Quentin Jammer, Ryan Sims, Bryant McKinney, Rory Williams, John Henderson, Levi Jones, Dwight Freeney, Wendell Bryant, Dante Stallworth. He wasn't bad. I was uh, say Stallworth wasn't bad. He played yeah. for Brady's first one. Uh, yes. yeah, yeah. 
No, 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 no. Hold on. Brady's first one was 2001. Oh, so, so. his second one then. No, his second one, he was with New Orleans. Hold on. Matter of fact, you know what? Let me just go to it real quick. So he uh, played for the Patriots in 07. Dante Stallworth, he played for the Patriots in 07 and again in 2012. Yeah. So he went so. to a Super Bowl with the Patriots mm-hmm. in 07. But yeah, he doesn't have a Super Bowl. He doesn't have a ring. Yeah. Nope. Um, was Jeremy Shockey. Was both of those the, the Giants one? That was the Giants uh, one, yeah. Yep. 2007? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Dude, kid, so, Duke couldn't catch a break, could he? <laughs> no. No. So you had Dante Stallworth, Jeremy Shockey, yep. uh, Albert Ainsworth. Nobody. He was good, like, but he did suffer injuries during the two Super Bowl seasons that he had. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he uh, was leading the team for most parts, for the Giants at least. And, well, uh, and Albert Hainsworth wasn't terrible, you know. He just had a lot of problems. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you had William Green, Philip Buckner, or Philip Buchanan, TJ Duckett, uh, Ashley Lealy, Javen Walker, uh, Daniel Graham, Brian Thomas, and Napoleon Harris. Now, of the... I've never, I've never heard of Napoleon Harris. Me neither. <laughs> well, he went to the Oakland, so, I mean... <laughs> Went to the Oakland. Went to, went to the, the Oakland. Oakland. <laughs> the Oakland. They don't even have a name or anything. They're just the Oakland. <laughs> I was gonna. I was trying to say the Raiders, but Oakland came out instead. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, hindsight being 2020, how do those first 23 teams feel about passing on Ed Reed? I mean, yeah. I guess the Giants were okay with Shockey. Wait, did he go to the Giants first? Yeah, he uh, was to the Giants. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He, was with, he mean, was with the Giants from o, from o two to o seven, and he played with the Saints, and then he ended his career with Carolina in twenty eleven. Yeah, but no, I, Jeremy Shockey is probably the only one on that list. I'm like, you know what? They had a good call there. Yeah, uh, I mean, and you can kind of say Ju- either. Well, you can kind of say Julius, you know, Julius Peppers too. Yeah, um, uh, early on, but like we said, his like his body being hurt so much later in his career. Yeah, uh, but that's because he just played so heavy at the line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Dante Sawworth, we just he, like we said, he couldn't catch a break, but he was probably Brady's best receiver to you know the little guys Walker and Edelman right. out there. I mean, I I guess you can. Say, I mean, I guess you can say Dwight Freeney too. He he does have a Super Bowl title. He's a seven time Pro Bowler, um, AFC Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. He's part of the hundred sack club. So I guess you could say he was. Pro, he's also another one. I mean, I would say maybe. I would say he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer eventually. Yeah, but. so probably three or three or four, three guys on the list probably are like okay, but yeah, everybody else on that list, nah. Yeah, but you can definitely. I think we can all three agree that Ed Reed was the best of the bunch in the first round of this. I mean, Chucky got two Super Bowls. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you but, uh, always say that he didn't play in them. He so. did play. I, I, that's what I was about to say. Like, but he didn't play them. So yeah. It, but but like his stats leading up to that point, yeah, he was. I mean, Shockey was a, a force. Like they, he was that early on tight end that had to be like almost double team pretty much. Like right. you'd have to have a zone and a guy on him. Yeah, right. Because uh, he could just break open and just be. Because he wasn't too big to where he was towering over people, but he was big enough to buck people out. So right, like, right. He he got a position perfectly, so you had to be there to watch him. Uh, I mean, he he had a very phenomenal career. Like I said, two Super Bowls. I mean, he didn't get to play him because of injuries, which really sucked. But he was there for both of them. But Ed Reed actually played in his 
and didn't really miss much until later on in his career anyways. Yeah, yeah I mean, Ed Reed was a very pivotal factor of why the Ravens won that Super Bowl. Jeremy Shockey was not a factor at all. No. Right. So, yeah. Um, right. That that being said, um, let's move on to next. Uh, we're going to move one. on to number 29 on the list. Uh, this is quarterback Drew Brees. Uh, which at, which clip are you going to read? <laughs> yeah, might as well read the one that I was going to read. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so he was active from 2001 to 2020. He played for the San Diego Chargers and obviously the New Orleans Saints. Um, notable accolades. He is a one-time Super Bowl champion, a one-time Super Bowl MVP, a two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year, a Walter Payton Man of the Year, uh, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, 13-time Pro Bowler, a seven-time NFL Passing Yards Leader, a four-time NFL Passing Touchdowns Leader, a two-time NFL Passer Rating Leader, six-time NFL Completion Percentage Leader, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year, uh, AP's Male Athlete of the Year. He also won the Burt Bell Award, the Art Rooney Award, the Bart Starr Award, the Maxwell Award, Chicago Tribune Silver Football. Uh, he holds several NFL records, most career passing yards, most career passing per- completions, the highest single season completion percentage, most consecutive games with a touchdown pass, most pass completions in a season, highest completion percentage in a game, and he is tied for most touchdown passes in a game. Um, Doesn't he also hold the record also for most consecutive uh, passes in a Super Bowl? I think so. Yeah. He might. Um, yeah. So so he has uh, 10,551 career passing attempts with 7,142 passing completions for a percentage of 67.7% completion. Uh, he has 80,358 passing yards. He has a phenomenal touchdown to interception ratio with 571 touchdowns to only 243 interceptions. Yeah. And he has an overall passer rating of 98.7. Yeah. So, when, so to start this out, um, I think you shared something yesterday the day before that said that Drew Brees wasn't even a top three quarterback of the era, which is bullshit. Right. Uh, I, I did share that. Um uh, because he be, because he played in the same era as Brady and Manning and Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. But the thing is, he was outdoing them multiple seasons. You want to know the reason why he doesn't get the credit credit that he deserves? Because something he, always happened in the playoffs. Not only that, but he was, he he wasn't a, so he didn't talk about himself. He wasn't he was the most humble of all of them. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously is the most flashiest of the guys. Everybody calls uh, Peyton the general, you know, he's the leader of everything, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's all up to him, whatever. So he gets credibility because of that because he leads the team, which is bullshit. He still has an offensive coordinator sitting on the coach. Right. Uh, and Tom Brady, yes, seven-time Super Bowl champion. That's the only guy 
I, I feel like Drew Brees got snubbed a lot because he played for the Saints and their team was so well balanced compared to the other teams. Uh, I, I don't, I, I just think it's stupid that they would say he's not even top three. He definitely is top three. I, I definitely would put him in the top three over, I mean, over Aaron Rodgers. But, but, all, but also, people people failed to, to remember that Drew Brees was good in San Diego, too. Like, he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, he got hurt. And I remember it. I remember it, man. <laughs> I remember we. I, I had this conversation with somebody back in 2000. Back in 2000, the, it, was a, it, was a, it was the 2006 offseason. And Miami was they were they were going to get a quarterback in free agency and there were two quarterbacks available there was Dante Culpepper and there was Drew Brees and we went with Dante Culpepper and New Orleans got Drew Brees and in my mind I think to myself I'm like I wonder if the executives are kind of kicking themselves that they went with Dante Culpepper who did fizzle out pretty quickly as opposed to Drew Brees well because um, they were worried about the injury I understand that they were worried about the injury with Drew Brees but if Drew Brees would have came to Miami, would the stars have aligned and Miami would have won earlier? Or would it have been a situation of because Drew Brees paired so well with Sean Payton that it created the magic that led him to be essentially one of the top 50 greatest players of all time? Well, the thing is uh, ESPN did a documentary on Brees either a year before, like either two or three years ago. Um, and it t- they asked him about the decision. He said that, he actually was going to go to Miami until Sean Payton uh, took him through New Orleans right after Katrina, and he saw that that team needed some kind of inspiration, some kind of hope, and he wanted to bring that to New Orleans again. Uh, and that was his main deciding factor. So Miami didn't pass on him. He just had made his decision before they made a decision. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, Bree signed a six-year, $60 million deal with the Saints, and the Dolphins' decision not to sign Breeze was the was the reason, quote-unquote, why Nick Saban resigned and went back to Alabama. Now, I just thought – Now, Nick Saban got paid more. <laughs> well, that – and I'm pretty sure Nick Saban got tired of losing – and he was like, I can go back to Alabama, coach these kids up, and I'll be good, you know. Like my thing is, how long has Sean Payton been coaching? Was that his first year or his second year? Was that was his? I think that was his first. I think it was Sean Payton's first year as a head coach. I think it was two thousand six. I want to oh, say. Right. And you get and you get in a young Drew Brees, yeah, bet. Yeah, <laughs> he's been he's been yeah he's been their uh, head coach since two thousand and six. Yeah, yeah. Like the thing, yeah. like the, I think, like I said, I think that's why he. Uh, doesn't get much recognition. I mean, he's just a humble guy, super quiet, doesn't do anything. Doesn't like when he talks to the media. He doesn't talk about himself. He doesn't go out there, and, you know, be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I lead the team. I'm the general. You know, he's like, you know, we got this coach over here doing this stuff like that. This is one of those things. And I, yeah, right. it's stupid that that man had one season had the most touchdowns and most passing yards, uh, passing touchdowns and most passing yards, and still didn't get an MVP. The fact that he didn't win, the fact that he never won an MVP, Which a regular season MVP, it, it's 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 flabbergasting to me. And like the year, he, like he the year two thousand eleven alone, the year two thousand eleven alone, he had five thousand four hundred and seventy six yards on seventy one point two percent completion rating. Okay, with four hundred and sixty eight completions and six hundred and fifty seven attempts with 46, t- 46 touchdowns to only 14 interceptions. 
with an average of 342.3 yards a game. His pass rating never went below 110. Okay? And in the 2011 season... But if that would have been Aaron Rodgers... That would have been MVP. Oh, it's yeah, it's a fucking yeah, it's, it's sweet. Yeah. That year, Aaron Rodgers did win the MVP that year. Drew Brees led in yards, touchdown, and complete. Like that's what I'm saying. He he led a season, the whole time, and they still gave it to Rodgers. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, and the fact uh, that, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I was gonna say, um, like, and he didn't even win the fucking. Like, you know how, like, they would do, like, oh, well, FedEx, you know, they do the FedEx Air Player of the Week or whatever for quarterbacks, running backs, and shit like that. One, two, three, four, five, six. Aaron Rodgers won six times uh, for that week. And I'm like, wait a second. And Drew Brees only won once, three times. And it's like, but... He did win Offensive Player of the Year that year. But, okay, so a quarterback that has all these amazing statistics, you don't give him the MVP. So to give him like a fucking, I don't know, consolation prize, you give him Offensive Player of the Year? Like, so also not really uh, much year, of a trade-off. So the year before, 2010, Peyton Manning won another one. Um, here's the comparison between Drew Brees and Peyton Manning that year. Drew Brees, 34 touchdowns, Manning 33. Uh, interceptions, Brees only had 11. Peyton Manning had 16. Passing yards, Drew Brees had 4,388. Peyton Manning had 4,500. So he beat him by 112 yards there. Uh, yards per pass, Drew Brees averaged 8.5. Peyton Manning 7.9. Passer rating, Drew Brees, 109.6. Peyton Manning, 99.9. Drew Brees is one, uh, 109.6. is also 7th best all time. Uh, completing percentage, Brees 70.6, Peyton Manning 68.8. Both teams were also number one seeds. So, how did Peyton Manning win that one? By having 112 more yards? I guess so. Like, it, Drew Brees got literally it, MVPs, we've always, it, MVP races are always popularity races, hence why quarterback win them so much. Right. I mean, what was the, like? I think we've had this discussion previously. The last time a non-quarterback won the MVP was what 2008, when Adrian Peterson won it. Uh, I believe so. Yes, Adrian Peterson, 2012. Oh, 2012. I thought about the hell. I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because for the yeah Adrian Peterson in 2012, and then it went Peyton Manning again, Aaron Rodgers again, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady again, Pat Mahomes. Mark Jackson and Aaron Rodgers again. Also, we know it's bullshit because Adrian Peterson had uh, 2,097 yards, won the MVP. Uh, but Derrick Henry ain't get it for over having 2,000 yards. Yeah, like right. that's the. <sighs> it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, Is it, we're gonna start doing the our movement radio awards are gonna be the real awards. That's what it's going to be, everybody. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we ain't going to be doing popularity. We're going to go by stats, overall game impact, like, you know, MVP should be because they're the most valuable right. player. Which It's the most valuable player, player, not the yeah. most popular player. Yeah, exactly. The stats don't care about your feelings. Yep. So, <laughs> dude, we should get that up and on, like, put the something about sports logo and on the back it says stats don't care about your feelings. There you Sorry, go. LeBron. Sorry, Bron. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's move on to the next one. You got it, Bubba? 
Uh, yes, I do. Uh, the next one on the list, uh, number 28, is Don Hudson. Uh, he played from 1935 to 1945 for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and his position, uh, if this tells you how old it was, was just called an end. Not tight end, not defensive end, not something like that. It's just end. Um, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he went into the Hall of Fame in 1963, a three-time NFL champion back when it was NFL and AFL, uh, two-time MVP, eight-time first-team All-Pro, and a four-time NFL All-Star. Uh, so Don Hudson is from like bygone era football. Uh, he was an and an NFL All-Star. You're asking yourself, what the hell are those? Um, well, if you're enjoying the, if you're enjoying wide receivers and dynamic pass catching tight ends, thank Don Hudson. Uh, he was the first and greatest of the receiving ends, which during his era were just part of the offensive line. So yes, he was literally an offensive line that could every now and then go out and. So he was a, a, a good tight end, pretty much. Right. Uh, right. His rise and startup launched the popularity of the forward pass, and to have him here. Rather than his quarterback points to game changer that he truly was, yeah, because he was literally just a tight end, <laughs> right? Uh, right. So he holds the distinction being the first ever player in the NFL to have a one thousand yard receiver, or to be a one thousand yard receiver. Dang. Yep. Uh, he held almost all major receiving records at the time of his retirement, uh, including career receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Yeah, they actually called him a split in at one point um, because he could. It was when the tight end is when they did formations where the tight end would actually split off from the line, um, you know. Um, and uh, good. I, I was going to say what's what's ironic is he only has four hundred and eighty eight receptions for seven thousand nine hundred ninety one uh, receiving yards with ninety nine touchdowns. But he also had 30 interceptions. Yeah. Because he did play a little bit of defense and he did play some special teams. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the the list of uh, records that he held as of his retirement, he uh, led the league in scoring five times. He... Uh, had the most consecutive seasons where he led the league, so that was five in a row. He had the most touchdowns scored in a quarter with four, most touchdown receptions in a quarter with four, most points scored in a quarter with 29, most seasons uh, where he led the league with touchdowns for eight seasons, most consecutive seasons where he led with touchdowns with eight, most seasons... uh, where he led the league in receiving touchdowns with nine. Uh, Most consecutive seasons where he led the league in receiving touchdowns with five. Most seasons where he led the league in receptions with eight seasons. Most consecutive seasons where he led the league in receptions with five in a row. He um, also led the league for seven seasons with receiving yards. Four of those were consecutive which he also hold, held the uh, record for. Uh, 
he held the record for most career receptions with 488. Most receptions in a season with 74 receptions. Most receptions in a game with 14 receptions. Most receiving yards in his career for 7,991. Most receiving yards in a season with 1,211. Most receiving yards in a game with 209. Most receiving career touchdowns with 99. Most touchdowns in a season with 17. Most touchdowns in a game with 4. And the most points scored in a calendar year with 74. And that was four games in October of 1945. Right. Um, And now most most of these records have already been... Actually, most of of these... Most of these remain as an NFL record as of 2017. Um, so okay. the most seasons where he led the league in scoring, most consecutive seasons where he led the league in scoring, most touchdowns scored in a quarter, most touchdown receptions in a quarter, most points scored in a quarter, most seasons led in touchdowns, most consecutive seasons where he led the league in touchdowns, uh, most seasons uh, where he led the league in receiving touchdowns, most consecutive seasons where he led the league in receiving touchdowns, most seasons where he led this league in receptions, most seasons where he had consecutive, uh, consecutively led this league in receptions, uh, most seasons where he led the league in receiving yards, and most consecutive seasons where he led the league in receiving yards were all still attributed to him in 2017. Okay. Yeah. Very rare statistics. That's what they look. I mean, because you make in today's day, I mean, that would be the equivalent of, I'll just throw a name out there, Julio. Uh, that'd be equivalent of Julio leading the league in receptions uh, for like, eight straight years in order to pass or to, in order to break that record. Cause obviously most career receptions have been passed um, career season, season game career, you know, receiving yards and receptions and touchdowns. Like those records have been obliterated um, uh, by some yeah. of the great other players. I mean, he um, still holds a lot of records though. Right. He still holds as a lot of, of records two, as of 2017. So that was, Four years ago, right? Yeah, and interestingly enough, it, it shows a little note right here. Interceptions were not counted in statistics until the nineteen forty season. Interesting. Yes, didn't know that was a thing. But okay. So, Raj, anything? No, you guys went over pretty much all the stats. <laughs> I could have gone over so. Right. All right. I don't know if you had anything to add. I mean, he's from literally an era where he didn't have film, so. <laughs> kind of yeah, it's kind of hard to get film on him, I guess. Yeah. So you just have to go what people. It's it's one of those, uh, almost like an old wives' tale or or a fable where you, you gotta. Believe what you've been told. Pretty yeah. much. All right, so we're going to go from Don Hudson to a beast, a man by the name of Bruce Smith, defensive end at number 27, defensive end, 
1985 to 2003 for the Buffalo Bills and the Washington football team, who was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2009, a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, eight-time first-team All-Pro, uh, two-time second-team All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowler, and four-time AFC Defensive Player of the Year. If nothing else, if for nothing else, the NFL's career sack leader can't slide lower than the low 20s as the highest-ranking Buffalo Bill. The Bills Mafia would riot if, if he slid any lower than that, too. How do you manage to even reach 200 career sacks? Von Miller and J.J. Watt are the only active players that can even reach triple digits. He has all the accolades and all the longevity. And if not for four straight championship-level heartbreaks, he would have four championship rings to his name. Uh, Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, Bruce Smith was... A lot of in, in a lot of people's minds is considered to be the greatest defensive end of all time. Um, I I hope that there's another person later on this list who I personally think was is, is was better, but that's for different that's for a different discussion. But he is in the Bills, you know, Wall of Fame. He's a part of the hundred sack club. Um, you know his his jersey number was his jersey was retired from the Buffalo Bills. Um, but yeah, 200 career sacks, 1,225 career tackles, 43 forced fumbles with two interceptions and a touchdown off of uh, a defensive touchdown. Um, in his 19 seasons, uh, like like what we said before, 297 games, um, he had the two had the 200 sacks. Um, of his 19 seasons, 13 of them were seasons where he had no less than 10 sacks, a testament to his consistency year in and year out. He was also named an all-pro team 10 times as Smith spent most of his career in a 3-4 defensive scheme, a defensive scheme not geared toward creating sack opportunities for defensive ends. Many consider the record particularly impressive due to the scheme. Indeed, Smith's peers elected him into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Pro Bowl every season from 1987 to 1998, with the exception of his injury-shortened five-game season in the 1991 season. And in 1987, he was named the Pro Bowl MVP. Smith was named twice the AP Defensive Player of the Year uh, from, from uh, 1990 and 96, and twice the NEA's 90 and 1993, and four-time uh, UPI, which I don't know what UPI is. Let me just – United okay, United Press International, uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Year, from 87, 88, 90, and 96. Um, plethora, of, plethora of honors. Uh, he's in the Virginia Tech Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, sporting Nudes list considered him one of, the, one of the 100 greatest players of all time. The Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, 2006, he was in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he's on the Bills Wall of Fame, and he was inducted in that in 2008. Pro Football Hall of Fame, obviously, in 2009. 2016, they retired the jersey, number 78. No player had worn the number since Smith left the team. His number was retired in a halftime ceremony on September 15, 2016, during a game against the New York Jets. Um, how do you guys feel about Bruce Smith here? I mean, he was a beast. Yeah, I mean, one of the – like it says, if he didn't lose those four Super Bowls, I mean, he'd probably be the – Easily considered one or two on the best defensive ends of all time. 
Right. Right. Did um did you guys happen to check out the thirty for thirty documentary Four Falls of Buffalo? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's basically it's 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 a 2015. I'm sorry. Yeah, 2015, and it's basically it profiles the Buffalo Bills teams in the early 90s when the franchise became the first team to play in and lose four consecutive Super Bowls. So, and it says the highlight of the documentary is an emotional interview with uh, um, Scott Norwood and former Bills special teams coach Bruce uh, DeAven conducted on the steps of Buffalo City Hall, uh, the site where. 25 years before a crowd of Buffaloville fans cheered for Norwood following an ill-fated kick. Yeah, right. the uh yeah, the uh, the kick that went uh the kick that would have won them the Super Bowl against the Giants in 85, I think is what uh, I'm sorry, 90 uh 92, I think is what it was. No, 91, I'm sorry. <clears throat> so, whichever one it was. All right, we're going to move on from one great defensive player to another great defensive player. We're going to talk about defensive tackle Alan Page. Yep. He was active from 1967 to 1981. He played for the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. He's a two-time NFC Defensive Player of the Year, a one-time NFC Player of the Year, a nine-time Pro Bowler, three-time second-team All-Pro, six-time first-team All-Pro, a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, a one-time MVP, a one-time NFL champion, and who was elected into the Hall of Fame in 1988. So how in the world did a true rushing defensive tackle manage to enjoy a 14-year-long career? Well, as the prototype for Aaron Donald, Page made his money as one of the most, one of the most feared members of of the Minnesota Vikings blitz package. Shout out to the Purple People Eaters. Not only did Page play in over 200 consecutive NFL games, he is also one of very few defensive players to ever win a league MVP. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was obviously back in the uh, the early days, uh, <laughs> back before, uh, you know, which they always talk about, you know, when you talk about great players, you know, you talk about, you know, the Lawrence Taylors and you talk about, you know, uh, you know, all these other different great players. But yeah, I mean, Alan Page was one of those guys who just, it was just an incredible, uh, you know, I'm trying, I'm looking up his statistics, I mean, he had in the total for his career, he had 148.5 sacks in his whole career. Like that's a lot. Over 14 seasons, like yeah, yeah. I mean, he also played for literally like the, one of the best defensive teams of all time. So they were consistently on the field playing. So mm-hmm. 200 games, is it 200 games? Yeah, 200 consecutive games. Literally just getting at it over and over again. Right. Not to mention, he was also a two-time national champion in college, too, at both uh, 64 and 66 at Notre Dame. So, you know, had a good little college career, you know, for himself, too, which I guess was the reason why he was the number 15th overall pick in the in the draft in 1967. How did he go so low is my question, though. Yeah, well, let's look at that. Let's look at that draft 
1967. It was the NFL. It was the NFL slash AFL draft. I, yeah, so, um, let's see. He went. Yeah, Alan Page went 15 overall. Um, the only two Hall of Famers that went above him was Bob Greasy went to the Miami Dolphins at four, and uh, Floyd Little went to the Denver Broncos at six. What the fuck? Steve Spurrier was drafted in that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I remember he played forever ago. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Gene Upshaw was also in that draft, too. So, they had a lot of damn good Hall of Famers in this draft class. But anyway. Um, but, yeah. I mean, of course, being part of the Purple People Leaders and being very, you know, I mean, that whole line. I mean, and we talked about them in our... Uh, in our Who You Got episode, when we talked about, you know, uh, Carl Eller and uh, Jim Marshall, uh, and also uh, Gary Larson as well, uh, the Purple People Leaders, and that team was just, you know, that, 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 that foursome was just, just an incredible uh, team in and of itself, so. Right. So, anyway, that being said, though, um, Ding. Who keeps dinging me? Okay. All right. Um, so that being said, though, um, who's next? Rod, you next? Yeah, sure. All righty. Uh, sorry. Um, at 25, I mean, we're just going to stay with defense. Uh, at number 25, uh, we got good old Jake Lambert. Uh, played f- uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1974. He played from 1974 to 1984. Uh, Play linebacker, a Hall of Famer in 1990, uh, four-time Super Bowl champion, a one-time Defensive Player of the Year, nine-time first-team All-Pro, sec- uh, two-time second-team All-Pro, uh, nine-time Pro Bowler, and Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, so the Thunder to me, Joe Green's other Thunder, uh, Jake Lambert, Jack Lambert, why do I keep saying Jake? Jack Lambert. <laughs> Uh, I was going to correct you, but I <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. I clearly see his Jack. Uh, made his reputation as the more mobile half of Pittsburgh iconic steel curtain defenses through the 70s. Uh, there are some players on the ranking that are celebrated for their winning career length or accolades. Uh, Lambert is the rare case that checks off all three boxes. His less iconic name prevents him from being higher on the list, but he has an argument to be made to make the top 20. I mean, Jack Lambert, I'm pretty famous for that steel curtain. So how's his less like yeah, name? I, I don't get that. And I only know two people from the steel curtain, which is Mean Joe and Jack Lambert. Right. I mean, I probably know more, but those are the only two names I can ever think of when I think of the steel curtain. Wasn't, wasn't Mel Blunt a part, a part of that steel curtain as well? Was he? Uh, Mel Blunt. Yeah, Mel Blunt was part of the steel curtain, yeah. He played from uh, 1970 to 83. Yeah. yeah, so he played for the – yeah, but he was a defensive back. Yeah. 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 I mean, he played – yeah, but he wasn't – yeah. So, yeah, I guess he was. <laughs> I I forgot we even talked about him earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it was just on the last episode. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the Steel Curtain team was just – just just a, just a, just a was like, like we said, me, Joan Green – um, LC Greenwood, like, I mean, just a, 
was a plethora of just amazing players that were on that team. Um, but hello, yeah, we're here. Uh, I thought y'all cut out real quick. <laughs> you like, damn, I, I thought y'all cut it. Like my 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 uh, it went it went like it paused for a second. I was like, what what the hell? What happened? But anyway, no, you're good. All right, you know, we were just so. waiting for you to finish up. So I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that being said, um, yeah, I mean, Jack Lambert being in the top 25, you guys kind of, you guys see that? Oh, definitely. Like, I as mean, far as, okay. One of the most iconic defensive of all time with that steel curtain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, depending on who's in, you know, from 24 to one, he may even deserve to be a little higher. Um, Right. I don't know, man. There's a lot of great so. linebackers. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I really haven't looked far ahead enough to know if uh, me and Joe. Yeah, is. I haven't either. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't looked up yet either. All right. All right. So we'll move on from there. We'll move on to um, one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. At number 24, Mr. Randy Moss, uh, active from the year 1998 to 2012, played with the Minnesota Vikings, the Oakland Raiders, the New England Patriots, the Tennessee Titans, and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, He was a Hall of Famer who was inducted in 2018, a one-time Super Bowl champion, three-time – what the fuck? Hold on a minute. What? I don't think – is that – did Randy Moss win this? Hold on a minute. I don't think this is right. I think somebody must have copied and pasted. I don't think he's That's a... definitely wrong. That's for the guy underneath him. Oh, dear Jesus Christ. Okay. Then I'll go ahead and... Okay, here, I'll they just read this. Of, okay. They got his Hall of Fame year right. Yeah, yeah he got, they got his Hall of Fame year right, but they don't they have his... The, all his other stats are right except the Super Bowl part and the MVPs. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, all right, well, hang on. All right, well, I got this over here. All right, Randy Moss was a NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in 1998, uh, offensive uh, NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 2007, four-time first-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, five-time NFL reception touchdown leader, NFL's 2000 All-Decade Team, uh, uh, 100th Anniversary Team in the Minnesota Vikings uh, Ring of Honor, and the New England Patriots All-2000 Team. Uh, so... He holds the NFL. He holds two NFL records: twenty-three receiving yards. I'm sorry, twenty-three receiving touchdowns in a season, and seventeen receiving touchdowns in a rookie season. Um, so short of the championships, Randy Moss was a heir to Jerry Rice's throne as the best patch catcher in pass catcher in the NFL. And if not for his pesky, not for the pesky New York Giants team in 2007. And a history on Ray Lewis's and history on Ray Lewis's side would have gotten himself a pair of rings to boot. His talent has scarcely equal on scarce equal on the list as the second greatest wide receiver in NFL history. You'll meet number one a little later in the list. He has the stats and the records to make a case, though, for being the most talented wide receiver to ever grace the NFL's uh, field. Um, now he does have 984. I'm sorry, 982 receptions overall, with 15,292 receiving yards, um, and a and 156 total 
receiving touchdowns. Um, how do you guys feel about Mr. Moss here? Uh, I mean, he's good. Uh, but also, I don't know. To, to make a case for him to be the most talented, that that's a huge case to make. I mean, yeah. he was just a vertical kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he had 10 seasons where he had over a thousand yards receiving. Like, I mean, that's, when you run that's for 80, when you run for 80 yards every single play. Well, I mean, I mean, well, well, look at, look at it from this perspective. I mean, if you have a certain talent and you can, um, and you can win games using that talent, why not do that? You know? I'm not saying it doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, it's not a good strategy, but it doesn't work when it comes to a big game. Obviously, <laughs> if Ty, if Ty, if if Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill does this, he'll just blaze Ty, down Ty the Tyreek field and slants and in routes. He runs verticals very seldom, but when he does run those verticals, who's going to stop him? I mean, I understand that's the that, point. But that's not, at that's the not time, the only and, thing he runs. But that's but but what I'm saying is not 19. I mean. He had his rookie year, 17 touchdowns his rookie year. Like, and he was still running those work. Like, a rookie in the NFL like that back in 98, like, oh, Randy Moss ain't supposed to be doing this shit, you know? Like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I just have a, maybe I just, maybe I just have an appreciation for Moss because, you know, when I started playing the 2K games uh, back at, back in my young, in my youth, um, he was, uh, like on the cover and all that. Um, but I mean, his, his statistics, I mean, even if you want to put him, even if you don't want to put him number two overall, you can at least say he is at bare minimum of t- a top five wide out of all time. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. It's I'm, just, not arguing, I'm not disputing that. Yeah. You just, just don't like his route running. <laughs> he didn't run routes. He ran a route. <laughs> <laughs> it was sometimes it's sometimes you just need one. That's the thing. But it, that one don't get you a Super Bowl ring. That's true. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not. Thanks to old plexiglass cheddar Bob and uh, who's the uh, Ray Lewis? <laughs> what? Yeah, Ray Lewis. Yeah, he played on the. Um, he played on that uh, San Francisco team that went to uh, the Super Bowl against oh, Ray Lewis. That. Yeah, yeah, he was on that team. He played for forty-seven teams. <laughs> well, five, but, but anyway, now his bet. Yeah, his, I mean his his, his statistic statistically, um, as far as touchdowns goes, his best career was in New England, and receiving yards wise, it was two thousand and three with Minnesota. Um, but so people would talk, people would probably say that two thousand seven was probably his best year. Uh, from the standpoint that he just was, just he, he wanted he wanted that record of most receives of most touchdowns recept, touchdown receptions in a season. So, um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. as much as I hate to say it, Terrell Owens had more career receiving yards than Randy Moss. Right. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm not like, disputing. I'm, I mean, I'm not disputing. I'm just saying, you know. And he only had three less uh, receiving touchdowns. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, and both of them, you know, T.O. and Randy both were, you know, 
very dynamic, you know, teams, which I, I which a lot of people, you know, didn't really care for them as far as their um because I think Brandy Moss and Tio were both known as they they, they they like the the diva wide receivers I guess is what they were dubbed uh, them along with Chad Johnson and a couple of others, um, you know because they were like oh there were these you know the wide, they, oh they think they think they're better bigger than the team or whatever they they especially believe that with when it when it comes to Terrell Owens. What I think um, is funny is that the diva the diva wide receivers never won Super Bowls. Nope. Right. Right. Marvin Harrison, though? Yeah, he won one. <laughs> but he just don't have the... Uh, which uh, I think he's Hall of Famer now, I think. I don't know. I, I think he out. is now. Yeah. yeah, I think he is now, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, but so we move on to Randy Moss to... From Randy Moss to another quarterback on the list. We're going to talk about Brett Favre at number 23. He was... Active from 1991 until 2010, he played for the Atlanta Falcons, the Green Bay Packers, the New York Jets, and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, 11-time Pro Bowler, three-time second-team All-Pro, three-time first-team All-Pro, one-time Offensive Player of the Year, three-time MVP, one-time Super Bowl champion, and he was elected into the Hall of Fame in 2016. So, mostly remembered for his time on the Green Bay Packers, Favre made history on the back of a legendary decade in the 90s. His Super Bowl win won't be remembered outside of Green Bay, sandwiched as it was in the middle of the more famous Cowboys and Broncos dynasties, but Favre peaks as the league's resident gunslinger was as good as anyone. He is the first quarterback to beat all 32 teams, and his three MVP years are the most times the award was consecutively received. Huh. Uh, I yeah. could have swore. I, I could have swore Peyton Manning received like three in a row. Yeah, I could have swore Peyton Manning was also a three in a row MVP. I may be wrong on that one. Um. Obviously. Well, I mean, it says three is the most consecutively, so I mean, right. he, probably, he probably did get it, but he didn't get it first. Probably. Right. Yeah. He beat all, you've been, you were in the league long enough to beat all 32 teams in a regular season game. Uh, uh, to play for two different uh, conferences. Right. Yeah. That's the only way that happens. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, because he was with because he was he, he he started off with the Falcons and obviously fizzled out and then went to Green Bay, uh, left Green Bay. Yeah, he only because played of, one. I wouldn't say he fizzled out in Atlanta. Yeah, he, he only played, played a, game. a year. Oh yeah, a year. But he he didn't even start all games, didn't he? I don't even think so. Yeah, okay. I was he drafted there, but he was a backup for the most part. Yeah, but and then that but obviously they didn't care enough about him to make him stay, so they were just like, eh, you know, we'll just trade him away. It ain't like he's going to do anything in Green Bay anyway. And then lo and behold, <laughs> you know, he, you know, he, which he was more, uh, they call him the old gunslinger. When you, when you hear someone's like, oh, well, you know, oh, this guy's a gunslinger. Basically, to me, when I hear, oh, that, that quarterback's a gunslinger, oh, you mean he likes to make insane decisions on the fly when he's panicked? Because, well, I, I mean, but, like, I say gunslinger is just a guy that can just whip it down the field as hard as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Also, but, some, but, but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I mean that's right. why that's why Brett Favre 
So um, slanging it. Yeah, he's slanging it, but he's slanging it to the other team a lot of the times. He holds the re- he holds the record for most interceptions in the history of the game. I mean, That's that happens it. when you get thrown yeah. out there. Okay. It, yeah, um, it's him. So, yeah, it, uh, it him. On, on a side note, um, back to the MVP thing, Brett Favre is the only person to win three in a row. Peyton okay. Manning didn't. He did not win three in a row. He won. He's won the most at five, but he had 2003, 2004. Then you had Sean Alexander in 05. LaDainian Tomlinson 06, Tom Brady in 07, and then Peyton Manning won it in 08-09, Brady won it in 10, uh, Rodgers in 11, Adrian Peterson in 12, and then Peyton Manning won the fifth one in 2013. Okay, so Peyton Manning won back-to-back twice, but he never won three consecutive. Okay. Correct. Yep. All right. Yeah, and the first person to ever win three, even though it wasn't consecutive, was uh, running back Jim Brown. He was right. the first to win back to back, and the first to win three. Right. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and he and, and Brett, he did have that magical run um, to the Super Bowl. Um, but like we said, I mean, it was sandwiched in between the, uh, you know, it was right after the the, um, it was right after the Cowboys dynasty, and it was right before uh, Denver went back to back in their Super Bowl championships. Um, But, I mean, they did – but Green Bay did make it back. Brett Favre and Green Bay did make it back to the Super Bowl the following year when he did – when they did get beat by John Elway and the uh, Broncos then. Um, So, but, yeah, I mean, would he he be higher on the list? Because this is where I'm starting to – We'll, we'll talk about it here in a minute. Uh, let's just, let's move on from right now. Um, would would I would I take okay? Fuck it, I'll just say it. Would would I take Brett Favre over a Drew Brees? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd take Brett Favre over Drew Brees. I would. I mean, I think statistically, Drew Brees is 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 Drew Brees better than Brett Favre statistically. Or do you just like the gunslinger mentality that Brett Favre had? Uh, statistically, Drew Brees is much better, yes. Um, but there was a, a distinct toughness, uh, like mentally, about Brett Favre that kind of attracted me to him as a quarterback. Right. So, I mean, he definitely was Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, he, did, he played in, like, what was it like? 190 something consecutive games or something like that. I mean, he played through sickness. He played through, I think there was one game in particularly where his father had passed away like the Sunday before or whatever. And he, um, he actually, he went out there the, 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 the next night on Monday night football and had like, it's some insane game um, where he just was just throwing it all over the field. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head which one, which. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, he was just, he, he was Iron Man, man. I mean, he, and, and again, all the awards that he had and things of that nature, like what you said, three-time Associated Press Most Valuable Player. Um, and uh, it says right here, it says, 
It says, yeah, 1995, 96, and 97, the last shared with Barry Sanders. Huh, did not know yeah, that. Yeah, there was, there was uh, a few that were shared. Okay. Uh, yeah, like what you said, 11 times uh, going to the Pro Bowl in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and then the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame the year before in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, interesting tidbit about Brett Favre. Uh, Favre has been known as the most successful cold weather quarterback of all time. Um, I mean, playing in Green Bay, you'd have to play in cold weather, obviously. Um, having compiled a 44 and 17 uh, record uh, in games when the game temperature was below 40 degrees, um, he had gained a reputation for su- for success in cold weather when the Packers won with Favre as a starter in his first 35 games at home when the game time temperature was less than 34 degrees. So there you go. (laughs) Uh, It says Brett Favre's uh, significant stretches of success in his own division, um, having won the NFL record 11 consecutive road games against the Chicago Bears. He is a perfect 19-0 win-loss record against the Detroit Lions at home, and that is also an NFL record for rivalry teams. Damn. So you just weren't, so you just weren't beating Brett Favre if you played in Detroit. Right. <laughs> Home or anywhere else. But anyway. So that being said, um, who's, uh, who's got next? Do I got the next one? Or yeah, you is... got next. All right. So the next one we're going to be talking about is one, Mr. Gail Sayers. And this is at number 22 running back. For the Chicago Bears from 1965 to 1971, he is a four-time Pro Bowler, a five-time first-team All-Pro, and elected to the NFL Hall of or the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1977. Points of order: Sayers' accolades to the untrained eye don't hold up to his contemporaries, but this list also celebrates the peaks. And Sayers, at his peak, was as good of a running back as ever played in the NFL. He was a pro bowler and all pro back until injuries took his career for at, at the turn of the 1970s. And he remains the youngest ever to be inducted in the, in the, in the hall of fame at 34 years of age. He is second in the hearts of bears lifers to only Walter Payton and is remembered for his heart as much as his skill. Rest in peace, Brian Piccolo. Um, so, how do you feel about Gail Sayers at this spot at number 22? Uh, I mean, Gail Sayers was uh, one of those guys that was, you know, ahead of his time. Right. Uh, you know, but, you know, injuries took his career away from him. Uh, he, he only, get, he didn't even get to play for, you know, 10 years. Um, but man, he was good. Yeah, he passed away recently, and I didn't even know it. Uh, he passed mm-hmm. away September twenty third to twenty twenty at the yeah. age of seventy seven years old after suffering after years of fighting dementia. Uh, that's sad, um, but yeah, I mean, he, God, I mean, golly, he was you know comeback player of the year in nineteen sixty nine, offensive rookie of the year in nineteen sixty five, five time first team All Pro, four time Pro Bowl, two t- led the league in rushing two times part of the NFL 1960s all-decade team. And again, the 50th, the 75th, and the 100th anniversary all-time team. Uh, his his, num- his number 40 jersey was uh, a number uh, was retired by the Chicago Bears. Um, 
his also number 48 jersey uh, was retired by the Kansas Jayhawks as well. Um, right. and, 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 and we are going to also talk about statistics as well because that's what we do here. Rushing yards, 4,956 rushing yards total um, with only 39 touchdowns. Um, yeah, 39 touchdowns. But he also had 3,172 return yards, and uh, of those return touchdowns, he had eight. So he was definitely, um, you know. And uh, for some people who probably don't understand why at the end of the blurb I said, rest in peace, Brian Piccolo, um, was in 1987, Sayers and Bears teammate Brian Piccolo became roommates in the NFL. Sayers ensuing friendship with Piccolo and Piccolo struggled with cancer. Um, it was a embryo cell cardioma, uh, which was diagnosed after it uh, meta, uh, metastasized into a large tumor in his chest cavity uh, because the subject of the make-for-TV movie Brian's Song... Um, did, you, did you ever see that movie? I did. Yeah, um, sad movie. Um, but the movie in which Sayers was portrayed by Billy D. Williams in 1971 originally and by Mackay Pfeiffer in the 20, in the 2001. I didn't even know they remade the movie in 2001. Um, wow. Yeah. They remade the movie. Uh, Mackay Pfeiffer and, uh, Sean Mayer. I want to say that's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they did the remake. I'm going to I'm have to look that up then. Um, but anyway, it was adapted from Sayers' account of his story from the 1970 autobiography, I Am Third. Uh, Sayers and Piccolo were devoted friends and deeply respected uh, each other and had an affection for one another. Piccolo helped Sayers through rehabilitation after an injury, and Sayers was by Piccolo's side throughout his illness until his death in June of 1970. Um, good heart. Good, good person. Um, so... And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Brian Piccolo, unfortunately, yeah, he did pass away in 1970 at the age of only 26 years old. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, you know, of course, he didn't really, you know, have the, which he is more known for Brian's song, the actual, um, the actual uh, story of them, their first week in the league and things of that nature. Um, but, Nevertheless, you know, it's very heartwarming that he would, that, that, that they would bring that story to the forefront, you know, to allow people to, to see that, you know. Um, right. But as far as Gale Sayers and his football career goes, um, yeah, I mean, his best year was his second year in Chicago in 1966, uh, rushing for uh, 1,231 yards. Um only eight touchdowns, though. His rookie year, he did have 14 touchdowns. Excuse me. <sighs> but uh, when, when they talked about his playing style, uh, Sayers' ability as a runner was more of an open field runner and was considered mismatched uh, by during both uh, during the game over his career and since retirement. Um, he posed raw speed and was also highly elusive and had terrific vision. A combination which made him a very, a very, very difficult person to tackle. Um, it says that former uh, teammate linebacker Dick Buckus, uh, famous for his tackling abilities, said to say, said of Sayers, he had this ability to go full speed cut and then go full speed again right away. I saw it every day in practice. We played live, and you could never get a clean shot on Gale ever. So for Dick Buckus, one of the 
one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL um, to say this about you, that's the cosign. That's 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 high marks right there. You know what I mean? Right. One hundred percent. Right. Yep. So. All right. <laughs> from there, uh, Roger had something to do, so we'll go ahead. Uh, from there, we'll move on to um, number 21 on the list, quarterback Otto Graham. Uh, he was active from 1946 to 1955, and he played for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 1965. He's a three-time NFL champion, four-time AAFC champion, three-time MVP, two-time AAFC MVP, four-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-AAFC uh, <clears throat> so Autogram is one of the forgotten greats of the game. If you're not a huge football fan or a proper Cleveland Browns fan, you'll see the first great modern quarterback later on in this list. But Graham was the first great quarterback, period. Think basketball's George Minka uh, relevant since Graham played ball in the NBL himself. Uh, he mm -hmm. was the Browns' greatest leader alongside Jim Brown, and his career extends beyond that in the prehistoric AAFC, uh, which is the All-American Football Conference. But the highest winning percentage of any quarterback in history and yards per pass attempt is nothing to sneeze at. Both records remain untouched, and if we count the NFL with its precursor, nor no quarterback until Tom Brady matched Otto Graham's championship trophy count. Yeah. I mean, Otto Graham was, I mean, like what you just talked about, three-time NFL champion, four-time AAFC champion. Um, his you know, like touchdown to interception ratio was kind of mundane, 174 to 135. Passing yards, oh, 13,499. But man, that completion percentage was just, I mean, 55.7. Passer running at 78.2. Um, but, you know, 33, 33 rushing touchdowns. So he definitely was more of a, he definitely had a dual threat to him as well. Right. You back, Raj? Yeah. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. Okay, cool. All right. I'll let you finish. All right, no, go ahead. No, I mean, Autogram, what like you guys were saying, but he's one of he really played in that time where, uh, like we always talk about the time where athletes weren't athletic, <laughs> he definitely <laughs> that era, right? Uh, he was just one of the actual athletes. Um, guy got paid probably like $20 a game, sacrificed his body, probably worked construction on the side, you know, but <laughs> right, um, no, but no, he he definitely was one of those top tier athletes during that era. I mean, obviously won multiple championships um, and MVPs, nothing to uh, scoff at. Um, I mean, obviously the highest winning quarterback, but what is that? That's kind of unfair statistical rating nowadays though, too. Yeah, it, I think it really is. Yeah. Like I said, he was the most athletic guy during an era of unathletic guys. So, one of the most athletic guys during that era. Yeah. Ironically enough, though, 
Um, and I'm looking I mean, at the draft class from 1944. Good lord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? You went back in time. Oh, this yeah. was back when they had 32 rounds. They had uh, yeah. Um, he actually was drafted by the Detroit Lions at number four overall. Um, so yeah, very, very, uh, very interesting. Um, but apparently he, I guess he decided, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to go play in the, uh, <laughs> the AFC. Um, because it does, yeah, because that's all it gives me is just his NFL draft in 1944. Um, so uh, two Hall of Famers in that same round, though, Steve Van Buren, uh, also Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles lore. So, but anyway, so yeah, but I mean, but when you think of like old school, like Cleveland Browns players, you normally think of Jim Brown or you think of Otto Graham, you know, and uh, oh, yeah, definitely deserving of being up here on the list just by the just by statistics. I mean, statistics, he wasn't really like blowing anybody away statistically, but then championships. You know, three and two, three, three and one conference, four in another conference or another league, rather. Like, not to mention in college, he was Big Ten Player of the Year, you know, All American, things of that nature. So, definitely deserving of being up here on the list. So, all right. So, that being said, you guys, let's move on to the next one. You got it, Raj? Yes. Uh, next one on the list. Uh... Number 20 is the great Deacon Jones. Um, defensive end played from 1961 to 1974. He played for the Los Angeles Rams the first time they were in Los Angeles, uh, the San Diego Chargers, and the Washington Redskins. Uh, <sighs> up in the Hall of Fame in 1980, he's a two time defensive player of the year, five time first team all pro, three time second team all pro, and eight time pro bowler. Um, Deacon Jones played at the very beginning of the Super Bowl era and as such is largely, largely forgotten. Playing uh, the shadow of the mighty Green Bay, playing the shadow of the mighty Green Bay Packers. I think they left out the word in, playing yeah. in the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, even when I read that again, but yeah. But his impact is no less, no less for all of that. Uh, Jones is considered to be the prototypical modern defense end and is largely credited with being the first pass rushing specialist. And the person who coined the term sack. Uh, let's quote from him directly. You take all the offensive linemen and put them in a burlap bag. And then you take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. You're sacking them. You're bagging them. And that's what you're doing with a quarterback. I didn't know he coined that term. Me neither. No, that's that's interesting. You learn something new every day here on Movement Radio, ladies and gentlemen. What did they call? Did they just call it a tackle for a loss back then? I guess back in the day. I get. I guess so. I guess so. Also, I mean, when did they start? When was when did they start like recording stacks to like sack statistics? I guess during his era, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um. See. See. Quarterback sack. Yeah, it says in the National Football League, it is possible to record a sack for zero yards. Well, okay, no, I'm trying to find the actual. 
When were sex first recorded? Uh, 1982. Wow. So, wait. So, Deacon Jones back in the damn 1960s was just sacking everybody, but they didn't start... Um, they didn't start make, giving statistics for it until 82. Um, so Hall of Fame pass rusher Deacon Jones uh, coined the term sack, but according to the NFL, he didn't have any during his 14-year career. That's because the NFL didn't officially start counting sacks until 1982. Um, there actually is a Sports Illustrated uh, article about sacks that exist now before 1982. Uh, we may have to look into that. So wait, so so are they all just considered tackles like tackles for loss? Um, I guess so. Okay. It, it just yeah. it, it, it's just crazy to me that like I mean it's it was it's they go literally twenty two years, you know. Well, I mean, let's just say his final year was like. Because his final year was 1974, so they literally go eight years before actually acknowledging the term sack, you know. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, back in the day, it was called everything from eating the ball to dumped to traps. Um, this article is very... Interesting. I'll definitely share it, but it does change the landscapes of the actual sack records, uh, including Strahan's record. Right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> there, I just hear that. All right, there you go. All right. Alright, um, who's got next? You got next, Chip? Uh, or is it me? No, I thought that yeah. was the last one for the night. Oh, yeah. is it the last one for the night? Alright, cool. Yeah. yeah. Alright, All right. so that being the last one of the night, so when we come back for part three, we will be doing 19 to 1, and it should be a pretty interesting episode from that one. Um, before we get out of here, is there anything you would change about the ones that we talked about so far? Would you move a couple people up, move a couple people back? What would you guys do? Uh, I mean, I think we kind of touched on that as we were going. Uh, I thought Aaron Rodgers was kind of low. Uh, I thought that, um, would we say Jack Lambert was kind of low, uh, and the right. fact that the fact that they said he had a less iconic name prevented him from being high on the list, but we literally could only think of like two or three people from that uh, steel curtain defense right? without, without actually looking it up. Uh, <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Roger, what about you? Um, no, pretty much the same. Uh, Jack Lambert, uh, Aaron Rodgers won. Um, that's pretty much bruce smith um that's about it oh ed reed yeah now right. i would have had ed reed i would have had ed reed a little bit higher though um um i i still i would still I, me personally i would still take drew Brees over brett Favre, but that's just my opinion uh <clears throat> that being said um so yeah that being said ladies and gentlemen thank you again for tuning into this episode of something about sports when we come back next time 
19 to 1. And it's going to be an incredible show. Uh, it will be the season finale of something about sports before we go into Are You Ready for Some Football, our next, our third, our third uh, year of doing Are You Ready for Some Football. And uh, totally looking forward to that episode. Um, anything you guys want to say before we bounce out here tonight? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Anything from you, Raj? Ah, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah. Um, thank you guys again so much for tuning in and listening to this episode today of Something About Sports. Shout out to uh, Sean Thompson over at Thompson Personal Training. Uh, uh, boxing, cardio, strength and conditioning. Go check him out, Thompson Personal Training. And on, on Facebook, um, go check out uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Our good friends Andrew and Sean over at the Warrior Workout Network, twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon, our good buddy Alpha Montanez. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much. We love you. We appreciate you guys. And we can't, we, we literally cannot say thank you enough. And we really do appreciate you guys. Um, that being said, though, thank you guys. We'll see you guys next week on another episode of Something About Sports. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And that was Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.